So guys, we're going to be doing a watch through on Friday the 13th, part two. We're watching it on Hulu, and uh, we're going to press play right now. Well, maybe now. There we go. Oh, there it goes. There, there it is. This is just Mike and Mike this time. Yes, yeah, no Ryan this time. So this is going to be the usual, the, the typical. Every so often we'll have guests on. But not today. This is taking forever to load. There we go, the Paramount screen. The best you. part of any movie. That's right. Gulf Western Company. You're damn tootin'. <clears throat> so this this film takes place, what, f what is it, five years after the original? Five years, but not this introductory part. Right. This is uh, only a few months. This is a couple months. I think it original. says that too, right? Doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So you've got this kid wearing pants that are too big because they're cuffed. So obviously they're hand-me-downs from his older brother. Yeah. His he, disgusting Reebok shoes. He's out playing in the rain in this strange neighborhood that seems to be all Victorian houses. We're never really told where it is. So his mom calls him in, and immediately Jason is right next to him. I don't know how Mother didn't see that. Now, pay attention to Jason's feet. Because in this scene, he seems to have uh, pants that aren't in too bad of a shape. I mean, they're a little frayed at the bottom. Yeah. And his but, shoes yeah. look kind of nice, too. Black black boots. Black boots. His pants are slim-fitting. Yeah. They don't look Not overly bad. baggy. No. no. So L he's walking. Chewed up at the, the ankles. Yeah. He's walking towards this house here. Now, we're, I mean, we're led to believe that this, I'm assuming, is Alice's house? Obviously, we have a shot of Adrian King wearing the greenest of green outfits ever to be greened, ever. Um, she looks like a goddamn art teacher. A turtleneck sweat, a green turtleneck sweater and a green plaid green, like, dress overalls. Now, she's having a nightmare about the events of the first movie. Which, the nightmare is literally just flashbacks, because that's all they did was to fill in time... They just gave you flashbacks, and obviously you you see that in part three and four as well, when they just have to recap what happened. <clears throat> so she's in this house, and you can see there's a lot of books on the held up by cinder blocks and wood, <laughs> a very makeshift shelf. There's a picture of a, a very old picture of a girl. So I've always watched this part, and I wonder so much as to whose house this is it, does Alice own it is it Alice's like parents other house does she rent obviously she's close to the vicinity of Camp Crystal Lake because Jason I'm assuming walks there yes yeah Jason right I'm I don't think he drives I mean, there you know unless he Stole Ralph's bike. <laughs> and he rode there. He pedaled his way there, the <laughs> big retard. Oh, there he is. There he is. <laughs> Thrashing around the in the water. <laughs> but yeah, the, the house just seems so odd. It's massive. It is absolutely a massive home. Oh, yeah. Um, they show you the outside of the house when Jason walks up. Mm-hmm. But, uh... So I don't know, like... If she's renting it, I... 
It's and just her parents call her. Correct. Or her mother calls her on the phone. And her mom's almost, it seems like the conversation is mom's begging her to, to come home or mm-hmm. something. Yep. And she says, well, you know, I'm trying to get my life back together. This is the only way I know how. The whole time that we're talking right now, it's still the... We're just seeing flashbacks. Yeah, it's still the flashbacks, like Steve Christie falling out of the tree and uh, Annie's slit throat in the Jeep. Some stock footage of the moon. The moon. This is the end scene. Pamela tries to stab her with the oar. <laughs> and now the, the tussle. That seems very genuine. I, I think it looks pretty good. Pamela tries strangling her. She smashes her face into the ground. It seems like a legit just... Just trying to get the upper hand. Pamela's biting her. Like, it's very, it's very physical, and it looks, it looks almost like a legit struggle. Yeah. Her face being beat into the ground. Pamela's trying to choke her. Now she's biting. Alice bites Pamela. You know, and and then here it comes. The hardest swing ever to lop off a head, and the hairiest palms on a sixty-five-year-old woman ever. Which, of course, belonged to Tasso, Tom Savini's assistant, who held his hands up. Oh, yeah, and and didn't, was it, did Tom wear the the body on his shoulders while that was shot? I think one of them wears the the corpse torso. It's possible. I I don't know who. And I think uh, the head is just held on by toothpicks. Toothpicks, I know that. Yeah. They put toothpicks around the neck. And then put the fake head on, on so that it would fly off when the machete hit it. Right. So this is the the end scene with Alice and the canoe. Jason jumps up. Ari Lehman, who has a like a heavy metal kind of band called First Jason. Um, pretty interesting. <laughs> if nobody's ever checked it out, you should definitely check that out. I didn't get paid to say that. <laughs> Just something interesting. And still waiting for the movie to actually start. Waiting for Alice to wake up. Yep. Oh, Oh. more flashbacks. Yep. Uh, We've got a... Well, name eludes me right now. Oh, well. Well, while we're waiting for the flashback (laughs) to end... (laughs) Yeah. uh, We remember in the, uh, the first movie where Steve Christie is talking about Alice's drawings... Yes. This would be a good time to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. Because he's flipping through her book, which seems to be fairly decent drawings. She's really into still frames and sketches. Uh, I believe there's there's three pictures that you get a glimpse at, and right now I can only remember two. One, it looks like a cabin scene at, I'm assuming, the lake. I don't know. And then the other one is that horrid... Uh, police sketch artist of Steve where he says, do I really look like that? And she says, you did last night. You did last night when the police were picking you up. <laughs> so I don't know what that meant. but uh, So now Alice is awake. Yeah, that's it. And now she's we... in the bathroom washing her this face. This is another one of those long, drawn-out sequences, almost like the coffee scene from part one. Yeah. Where it's just so much just long camera shots. Now right here, the phone rings. And take a look at the background, though. She's talking to her mother right now. There's so many plants and these old lamps and antique like furniture and that weird broom on the fireplace. I'm assuming that's a fireplace sweeper. I'm assuming. I don't know. Maybe. But or there's a, so something many. Something to put pizzas on the fire with. It's insane. Look at the amount of plants. Just one, two, three, four. That's just behind her, and she's sitting on the the chair. 
old-fashioned radiator. It's like a steam radiator on so her right. it's obviously right. an old house. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So she says this is how... The only way she knows how to put her life back together. I... My assumption is she's living close to the vicinity of Crystal Lake to get over her fear? I don't know. Maybe. Or she's living in seclusion... But it's not seclusion. That street is packed. Oh, yeah, she's living in a packed neighborhood. Yeah. So she's not really secluded. But the house is massive. So I wonder, like, is she renting? Like, the weird pictures. Like, the it looked like a movie poster. All right, and so then now here's we see the art. her artwork. She's obviously been drawing herself or David Bowie. And the drawings have really dropped in quality. I mean, that that looks like something a eighth grade art class would do when learning to draw a portrait for the first time. It's kind of gone downhill a little bit. Now, don't you have a thought about her? Yeah. Her art? So my thought watching it, um, obviously, like I've been into art and stuff like that, and I'm not saying I'm an art major or anything. I just I just enjoy art. Um, not enough to go to a museum, but anyway, I'm not going to bore you with that kind of bullshit. Um, my thought on her art is it's become so abstract because of the trauma that she's gone through and I think it's almost her way to try to get rid of that pain Put her life and, back together yeah almost like that Maybe if, if you could doing. if you could liken it to Wes Craven being an artist in New Nightmare mm-hmm. and he's drawing these horrifically weird and at times bad drawings of Freddy Krueger mm-hmm. but it's almost like that like these visions come into her head and she just has to pour them out on paper or she starts drawing herself and that's just how I look at it it's her trying to work through the trauma but definitely it is so far gone from the artistic creation of her still frames from the first movie now right there the phone rings and nobody's there are we supposed to think that that was Jason on the phone yeah, how did he get her phone number? And where is he using the phone? Is there a phone booth outside? We know he was just outside yeah, the house. and I didn't see one. Is he at the neighbor's house? Does she live in phone? a boarding house and he murdered somebody else? That would explain, like, the other body count, though, wouldn't it? Isn't there the weird body count in this one that you brought up to me last night? The weird body count is... Or is that three? It's at the start of three, talking about the bodies in this one. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So it's almost an overlap conversation. Yeah. So here again is are these long shots where Alice gets off the phone, she walks to the bathroom, she, gets to, she goes in the shower, she takes a shower, she walks out, she answers the phone, now she's wandering through the house again. So now there's a sound out in the alleyway. For someone who seems kind of paranoid, she has all the windows open. Yeah, it's kind of weird, especially the trauma that she's gone through, that dead bodies were thrown through windows. Maybe that's why. She doesn't want bodies thrown through the window, so if a body's going to come through, at least, you know, it's not going to break break the glass. It's kind of an odd way to cope. I mean, you just survived a murder spree, so you're going to put yourself in an enormous house... Yeah. Where you're not going to be able to keep track of what's going on in the other parts of the house. Yeah, I feel like I would probably have a studio apartment at this yeah, time. Yeah, something small with maybe one door yeah. that I could lock. Yep. And not windows all over the place. Especially open with a staircase right outside. And there's the jump scare. Yep. Of a cat. A cat comes in. She's got Tabasco sauce on the shelf up there. I can tell by the bottom. Oh, yeah. So we have a kitten coming inside. Product placement. 
I'm a fan of product placement. I worked grocery for 15 years of my life, so <laughs> uh, anytime that I see a product, I'm like, oh, hey, I know that, and, and I'll definitely point it out. Like, it looks almost like a can of Lechoy, uh chicken chow mein above her head, <laughs> but it's so blurry. Oh, there's the head in the refrigerator. Pamela. I'm assuming that's Pamela's head. I, I, I would think so. Right. Jason brought it all the way here with him. Yes. And Jason takes the kettle off the... uh He's being courteous. Yes. Doesn't want any attention drawn to the fact that he murdered her. That's what I took that as. Yeah, right? I would say so. Okay. And uh, So he drives the ice pick through the side of her head. And actually, with that ice pick, which I'm sure a lot of people know that are listening to this, because you're a Friday the 13th fan, when, uh, when he hit Alice in the head with the ice pick, it's a retractable blade, but it actually got stuck at first and actually drove into her head and injured her. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So... So there, uh, Warrington Gillette, I think that was the other, that's the other Jason. It's, uh, I think, Steve Dash and War- Warrington Gillette. Oh, okay. I, I don't know if I'm saying his last name because right. Two, I apologize. Two men played Jason in this movie. Yes. So now we're back to the, uh, that stark contrast of black background and, and white. Just like the first yep, movie. Yep, white lettering, just like the first one. Which it's kind of cool because I believe they do it through the first four and it kind of holds those first four together as an anthology. Um, you know, I've, I've always looked at the Friday movies like there's the first four and then the rest. Like, everything just goes off the rails from five on. Nothing yeah. is really, nothing really holds together and kind of makes sense, even slightly. Uh, the timelines are absolutely bizarre. Um but the first four, definitely, I, I feel you could watch them as, quote-unquote, one movie. Yeah. So uh, I made a note here. Uh, that beginning scene is two months after part one. Okay. Um, Jason has nicer feet at the beginning, which, like I said, I'll comment on his feet as the movie goes on. <laughs> um, I also made a comment here saying, uh, not a big fan of security. Obviously, we talked about the windows being open um, but also, if you pay attention in that scene, Alice goes and locks the door when she gets suspicious. So, after surviving this murder, she's just kind of hanging out in this giant house with the windows open and the door unlocked. Yeah. And she also gets skeeved out, but then doesn't close any windows. Yeah. Because the cat jumps in and she just walks away. All right, so, now we have these two. All right, so we we open with another pickup truck. There's Ralph again. And crazy Ralph. And you got people running over to the phone booth here, Odd which, I mean, booth. anybody that's new to that has never seen these, or that's a phone booth. And back in the day, that's what you had to do before cell phones. You had to find one of these, and you had to pay to call somebody. So, now, uh, hi, Ted. It so, seems like kind of an odd place for a phone booth. Yeah, it's <laughs> across just, the street. It's a, yeah, you think it would be at the gas station. Like there's an Exxon yep. right in the shot that they pulled up next to, and they, it's just weird. But I guess in a sense now it says that there's a deli here. Oh. Ralph's going to warn them. You're doomed. Look at the fucking neck on Ralph. My God, so much strain in his neck. And that, now we're at five years later from the first one so uh 
Ralph hasn't changed a whole lot. No, in five years, Ralph aged very gracefully. He's still wearing the same clothes. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, this wasn't filmed five years after the first one. But that's not what we're talking about, because we can't look at the filming of these movies. Right. You have to look at them in the sense of the actual Friday the 13th timeline. Right. You know? So this is... This is, for all intent and purposes, 1985. Yep. I mean, it's... I believe it's 1981, actual... Uh, Being filmed. Yeah, filmed and yep. release is, is 80, 80 film, an 81 film, and then 81 release, I believe. Yeah. Um, but going by their timeline, we're in 1985, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So uh, I made a comment on Enos being... Just, like, doing whatever the fuck he wants on company time. He goes out for lunch. He's fucking taxiing people around. And once again, now we've got a tow truck driver who uses the tow truck, the company tow truck, to just tow people around as a joke. Which, I don't know, uh, to me just seems very, very weird. Yeah. Now, in his in his defense, we just hear that he owns the gas station. So possibly he doesn't have a boss. Okay, so and maybe he can do he's what he just wants. screwing around with his own equipment. But still, if you ever meet somebody who owns a tow truck and runs a towing business, they're usually very kind of protective of their tow truck. Right. It's almost like somebody that owns a truck or a van, and then you're like, "Hey, want to help me move?" And it's like, "No, I don't want to help you. Why? Just because I own a van?" Or even worse, you want to use your truck to help me play a joke on my friends? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take time out of your busy day to help me. Play a joke. Yeah. So here's just other fucking banter going down. Again, these long shots. That's why I say that, like, the first four just seem so alike. There's this long trailing shot that you watch the truck, watch the truck and, go until it goes down. all the way out of out of shot. What the <clears throat> heck is that? What the heck? It's a down tree. Why would you ask <laughs> Never that? seen one before? <laughs> yeah. Not to mention, the truck is massively lifted. It is a huge truck. And they're like, we better move this out of the way. But look on the side of the road. They could easily just drive around. Oh, easily. Easy. I could do that in my Accord. Yeah. <laughs> now we've got New Jersey plates. Yep, 577 Bach. <laughs> so they're going to move the tree Somebody off the says, road. oh, it, somebody must have dragged it out here. Why do they? What makes you think that? I mean, you're in the middle of the woods. Yeah, it didn't just break <laughs> and fall? I don't know. I've never looked at a tree laying in the road and thought somebody dragged it there. No, I just... just and we live out in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I assume it just broke off of a tree. And Yep. So she finds the Crystal Lake sign. So you're, you're told here, which a lot of people... A lot of people are always like, why are they going up to that camp? Why are they going up to that camp? So in part one, it's Camp Crystal Lake. And in part two, it's not actually Camp Crystal Lake. The, the lake encompasses a large area, and uh, apparently on one part of the lake is Camp Crystal Lake, mm -hmm. and then there's another part where they have uh, what we're going to here is Pakanak. Pakanak. They're going to a neighboring camp. Yeah. So it's not it's not Camp Crystal Lake again. No. And it's far enough away that you have to drive. You know, that they have signs, road signs, oh, letting yeah. you know where you're going. There's Pakenak Lodge. Yep. Any gamers will recognize that. <laughs> Inside <laughs> and out. There's Paul. Good old Paul. And uh, an assortment of camp counselors. 
There's uh, wheels. Yep, that's the oddest. Like, look at the terrain. For Christ's sakes, look at the fucking terrain of this goddamn scene. I work in a nursing home. I work in a fucking nursing home, and that's bullshit. Nobody even offers to help no. him. No. She's like, you need a hand? He's like, nah, I got this. Bullshit, you've got this. It's all gravel. So, the, the ass shots in this scene. Oh, yeah. But she's got a, got a great ass. Yeah. I'm not being sexist. You know, whatever. An ass is an ass. There's another ass shot. Yep. There's another, another ass, ass shot. shot. She grabs her ass. A lot of ass shots. I kind of mm-hmm. wrote that down here. And again, these weird tricks. I don't know if anybody else has ever been hit with a slingshot, but I have an older brother who had a slingshot. <laughs> and oh my God, the welts that were on my body growing up were inhuman. You would think that my parents beat me on a regular basis, but it was just assault from my older brother. The silence in that scene is awkward, too, because mm-hmm. you'd think she would yell at him, yeah, or he would say something, but so Scott, that's that's uh, ass guy's name. Yeah. Slingshot kid, his name is Scott. Scott. Is that what I just said? I can't remember already. Slingshot Scott. That, okay, there that's you all go. I remember. Michael WWE Superstar. There. <laughs> the Michael Scott trick. <laughs> So this is a... There's Ralph. There's Ralph heading so to I, camp. So we just got to pause this for a second, because that scene, there's there's a lot going on in that scene. We're paused at 2.40. Um, Ralph's coming down the road, and Ginny is behind him in her bug. But Paul has gathered everybody at the lodge, and it's for a summer camp counselor training seminar, I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Like, what the fuck is that? I... I just have the hardest time believing that that even fucking exists. I feel like you would just get like half-heartedly trained at the summer That's camp. That like, how it there's goes. a YMCA yeah. down the road from us, and it's it's a summer camp, Camp Spears. Uh, well, it's not the Y anymore. It was I think it was the Y when we were kids. Camp Spears Algebar. Yes. So, uh, but like the counselors there, they were just like twenty-year-old kids that lived around the area, and it was basically just a. Hey, watch out for these kids so they don't murder each other and drown. Mm-hmm. That was it. Like, don't let anybody be eaten by a bear. Yep. There's really not much training going on. And then Paul talks like, oh, yeah, we, we worked a couple summers here and we did that. As if it's this, like, a union. Like, oh, yeah, we're the, you know, local 86 fucking camp counselors. Like, what Most the- people don't do that for a living and usually you don't often get paid when you're a camp counselor it tends to be a volunteer thing or if you do get paid it's very very it's very little little. (laughs) i think it would probably even be below minimum Mm -hmm. you know because table yeah like a lot of a lot of camps are a non-profit camps and they're donation camps like oh we only we only keep this open because people donate to the y Mm -hmm. and we're owned by the y so the y can put money in you know so they, they don't really pay. It's donation. It's volunteer work. You do it because you love it. And, yeah, it's just a very, very odd setup. I mean, I guess in the sense that they didn't want to just be like, ah, more counselors going into the woods to try to reopen Camp Blood again. Now, what I'm trying to figure out is, so Ralph warns them at the beginning. He says, I warned the others. Yeah. And I'm warning you. You're doomed. You're doomed. So does Jason just prowl the entire lake? Is he not not uh, exclusive to Crystal Lake? Because ha- does Ralph know that they're not going to Crystal Lake? Well, see, what I think is interesting, though, is Ralph Ralph warns people. Like, Ralph seems to know. He's the town crazy, but Ralph's up and up on his fucking doom lore, mm-hmm. you know? So he knows that Camp Blood, quote-unquote Camp Blood, 
is a bad place. Bad things happen to people that go to Camp Blood. Now, it's been five years. Don't you think, like, I mean, the police pulled up to Camp Crystal Lake. They pulled up right on the beach. I, I feel that they would see the beheaded corpse. Like, Jason doesn't take the corpse. He takes the sweater, and he takes the head. Mm-hmm. Pamela's body is not in part two. No. So, no, she's I feel buried. Like, I, I would, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. So because We see her grave eventually. So they must have had a body. Mm-hmm. Somebody laid her to rest. Oddly, they didn't put her in a potter's field, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, no, give her an actual burial. But uh, regardless, that was kind of weird. Anyway, technical difficulties on our end. Um, <laughs> then Ralph says to them, like, oh, I warned the others, you're doomed. I feel he would know that Pamela's dead. Also, Jason hasn't killed anybody yet. This is Jason's first killing spree. So the whole you're doomed, A, Pamela's dead, B, they're not going to Camp Crystal Lake, and C, Jason hasn't done anything. So what the fuck? What now, now, leg- about now, legit Ralph is just batshit crazy. So in the first one, after you see the second one, you can just be like, mm, discount anything Ralph says because he's a fucking lunatic. He thinks everybody's doomed. Yeah, no he doesn't matter, matter where they're going. You're going to the grocery store, and he's like, oh, don't go to aisle six, you're doomed. He has a death curse. <laughs> <laughs> <The> potato chips, two ninety nine. It's absurd. It's 1985. So we're hit play. We're at two, we have 242 now. Ralph coming down the road. He moves over for the car. Yep. And Ginny speeds past. Backfire. With a backfire <laughs> on her car. <laughs> yeah. What is Either that, that or Pakenak, she took a shot at Ralph? It said Pakenak Counselor Training Center. Mm-hmm. The rest of his staff. You mean Ginny, the one motherfucker that's not here. The one person who's missing. But they're the rest. Archery rifle range. Here comes Ginny. Paul is so surprised. He says, What the hell? What the hell? Is He's Ginny expecting her. Yeah. Why does he look so concerned? And then he says, I'll be right back. Like, it, it, I don't know. It's a very odd scene where now he needs to scold Ginny in her, you know, I guess 1967 attire. Like, that's, she's running off to join the Manson family in that fucking outfit. dress. Yeah. You're going to train counselors. Yeah. No. Yeah, now you did. <laughs> now now you, did. you fucking said you're sorry. <laughs> Paul doesn't yeah, Paul. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> could have called. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just, just help me outside, damn it. Yeah, but if course starts today, what, and here I am, late. You were suppo- I'm assuming she's supposed to be Paul's partner. Like, yeah, we're doing this together. And they're a couple. Oh, yeah. Or they were. They're... I mean, they're going to make out here. In a no, minute. I think it's just a kiss. It's just a kiss. I don't think. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, see, this is a little Steve Christie. Well, she but see, she, she kisses him, him, but then she goes, bullshit, Paul. It's almost that friendly kiss. Like, you're a fucking ass. I, I don't idiot. kiss my friends on the mouth, though. Well, <laughs> you know, some people do. All right, motherfucker. Well, maybe they're just friends. <laughs> Paul. 
Put your car in the lot. This place is starting to look like a Burger King. There is one fucking car in the driveway. And where's the lot? The only thing I could think is the quote unquote lot. The little is, turnaround by is the, the house. Correct. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I could. That's all I can think. Because there's no lot unless that's the lot. Uh, I don't. I, maybe. Maybe he means parking area. Little turnaround. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, word of caution about bears. Bears are dangerous. Yes. And Ginny sure cannot start a car. Way to flood. <laughs> I like this. Don't use perfume. And keep clean during your menstrual cycle. <laughs> and the, the cute girl, I can't even think of her name. Everyone is so disposable in this movie. I just refer to her as, wait. Ass girl. Ass girl. That's what There's, I call her yeah, in my notes. Ass girl. Like, ass girl and the girl that's trying to bang the cripple. The girl that's trying to bang the cripple elbows ass girl and chuckles. And ass girl looks down ashamed as though she doesn't keep clean during her menstrual cycle. Like, (laughs) fuck, Paul's talking about me because I bleed all over the place because I'm gross. (laughs) Right. And I don't mean gross in the sense that women are gross because they bleed. I'm married. Like, I get it. I have no problem with tampons and women on their period. It's just one of, like, uh, she feels ashamed of her monthly. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so now we've got the campfire scene, and Paul's going to tell us about Jason. Paul, who just a minute ago was against all fooling around and nonsense, is going to spread rumors about a murderer in the area. So Jason's been surviving in the wilderness, full-grown. Where's Ass Girl? Is Ass Girl in the sweater there? Ass Girl's to the right, sitting in the next sweater. to Black, black kid, kid and... I don't know. Disposable teen number four. I, is that... Uh, <laughs> is that Scott? Oh, my, that might be Scott. Because he would most likely position himself next to her. Yeah, that's true. And Muffin is Ass Girl's dog, right? Uh, that I don't know. See, um, I the only reason I think that is because she's the one that's always looking for Muffin. Yep. Um, but in this scene, Jenny is the one holding, holding Muffin. Muffin. And Muffin's nowhere to be seen prior to that. I think this is the first scene with Muffin. The previous scene, we see Muffin too. Ass Girl's holding Muffin. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So he's talking, Paul's talking about Jason's revenge. Um, There's Scott, so yes. he's not he sitting w- next to No, Ass he was, Girl. he was, because oh, that's his. That's the jacket. It's a black jacket with red trim. Okay. I, I was paying attention. Um if you notice, it's something so subtle. Paul is wearing the Pamela sweater. Uh, it's that grayish blue, heavy wool sweater. It even has the vertical designs. For all intent and purposes, that is a mock-up of the Pamela sweater. I also noticed, and this is jumping ahead a little bit to part three, Rick. but Rick also wears the Pamela sweater. Yeah. Yep. But, yeah, if you look at his sweater right here in the scene, you can see it. Like, on the zoom in, like... It looks like the Pamela sweater. No, I'm sure there's variation, but oh, oh, and there we have. And this is Jason. This is Ted, right? Yeah, I think it's Ted. So Ted is the Joker in the second one. Ned is the Joker, right? Ned is in the first. Ned is the Joker in the first. Yeah. So you got Neddy and Teddy. So he's dressed like a caveman. Yes, with the Halloween mask. Yeah. <laughs> Scares everyone. I don't know where the hell he got all the animal pelts to make the yeah. fucking costume. 
<laughs> and there's a better shot of the sweater. So, now we're done. Everybody's inside. I think everybody's just hanging out at this point, right? He's playing video games. He's playing his little it's football or electronic hockey, hockey or football hockey. game. He's got one of each. Yep. Which I had that game growing up. Really? Yep. And all it is is a little black screen with red dots on it, and you have to get your red dot around the other red dots ah. to get to the end to score a touchdown. Nice. <laughs> and two people can play, one on each side of the game. So there's Ask Girl with Muffin again. Yep, and Ask Girl is writing. I would love to know what she was doing. She's keeping ass memoirs. <laughs> My ass looked good in these shorts, and they didn't look good in these shorts. Pekinac Lake Region Counselor Training Center. And there's a bunch of trophies. So, like, is this, like, is this a competition? There's trophies and badges all there on that shelf that says the training center. The, I don't know. They never really tell us what's no. going on here. No, you get that quick little backstory where he's going back and forth with the cop. So now we're playing chess. Yep. I don't know the setup. Pause. Let's pause this right now. <laughs> before we before we talk about that, okay. he says, I think I've got you. He makes a move, and her response is, wrong, white man. <laughs> wrong, white man. Uh, why? And it's kind of Wh funny that you have, you have Paul and her playing a game of chess together. Right. Which is like, you know, the ultimate strategy positioning game oh, because yeah. we're still not aware of the relationship between them yet. Correct, correct. Um, but yeah, anybody that knows chess, um, specifically if my cousin Tyler is listening to this because he loves chess, can you mock that setup for me on your chess board? Um, we're at 2813 we paused. Um, mock that setup on your chess board for me and see if what Ginny is about to do is actually possible. Or anybody else out there for that matter. It's it's just interesting. You get a nice close-up of the video game there, too. Whew. Yes. Boy, technology is a wonderful thing. <laughs> Play. 28-15. So she just beat Paul in chess. And Jenny's bored as fuck. Or bed. Yeah, she is bored. He's tr still trying to figure out whether or not he lost. Yeah, he's like, what the fuck? How the fuck? How, how do, do play? I play chess? How do you play chess? <laughs> this isn't like checkers. <laughs> Somebody's watching through the window. The, the very awkward the dancing. Stuff, the stuff in this lodge is the widest assortment of bizarre things. Like, right when Ginny's about to leave... By the door, there's a tackle box. It looks like a fishing lure box. And on top of it is a little plastic dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little white plastic tyrannosaurus. Yes, box. I noticed that. that mm -hmm. That's almost like one the of those. The massive uh, amount of, I'm assuming they're fucking phone books by the, the size of them there. on the left. Yeah. There's a vent. There's a vending machine a to the right. A drink dispenser. Yeah, it's not even a vending machine. Yeah, I think it's, it's like a, what you would see in McDonald's. Yeah, when like you where your like, own drink. Yeah, yeah. It's very odd. Very odd. Like, who furnishes these cabins? I've been to camps before, and cabins are not furnished. Like, there's so much stuff here. There's pictures hanging on the wall. Like, somebody actually lives here. You can see it in the mirror of the cabin that Ginny's in right now. Mm-hmm. So 
there's uh, so, really no relevance here. No, Ginny <laughs> Ginny takes her Ginny clothes her off bra. and then puts her robe on. Yep. And you see a shadow, <laughs> which is uh, painfully obvious. That yeah, it's, it's definitely not Jason. It's not. I mean. The motherfucker's got a fedora on. Now, at this point, they may be trying to make us think that Ralph is the killer. Yeah, could be. So there's a knock on her door. She steps out, and now I'm assuming in this very instant, right now, Paul jumps into the cabin. Because Paul then surprises her. You know, so then she comes back in. Coming back in. And there's Paul. There's Paul. Paul somehow gets inside the cabin very quickly. And I like Ginny's response. It is the only genuine response in the fucking movies where, like, something has happened that, like... Okay, yeah. Look at that. Look. They're look. making out. They're, they're definitely they a still thing. friends? Uh, well, yeah, I don't treat my friends like that. <laughs> <sighs> Here's some weirdo walking through the woods. You could tell by the pants... The shoes, the walk, it's not Jason. No, that's Ralph. Peeping Ralph. Peeping Ralph, who's watching these friends. These these just friends. Just friends. Make out with each other. He's still going on about her not showing up on time. But he really doesn't give a shit about that because... He just wants to get Yeah, he's just in it to win it. Ralph's kind of grabbing himself. Yep. As he fucking stares. This is a really interesting... Kill. Kill. Oh, right I here. love it. Go ahead. You can take it. You know where I'm going with it. So Ralph's looking in the window. He's watching them make out. What is she? She has to tell Paul something. He doesn't want to hear it. He just keeps making out with her. <laughs> she's probably going to tell him she's on her period. But Ralph hears something. And Jason, if you want to pause that. Sure. There you go. So, so we're, we're paused, paused at 3148 with... <laughs> <laughs> Paul and with Jenny just friends lovingly embracing each other, each other's faces. But some I don't know how Jason pulls that off. Nope. Either Jason's up in the top of the tree and slides down the tree with the wire or whatever it is around. I think it's uh, actually barbed wire around Ralph's Bar- Bob wire. Bob wire. Bob wire. If, if the Bellas are listening, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Jason must. He's. He doesn't whip it around and then grab it. He's already got it in both hands when it... Yeah, he drops down around Ralph's head. So the only way to achieve that is to be above him and had already have wrapped it around the tree. So then you fall down and then pull back. So yeah, Jason so Jason has, was either up in the tree waiting and jumps down. Which he had to have because even if he was behind the tree and like threw it up around the tree above Ralph's head. I feel like we would have seen Jason's body. The tree is not... The tree is not that big. It's not that big. No, but that's a strange kill. Yeah, definitely. But I think it's barbed wire that he kills Ralph with, which, if it is, that's really fucking cool. You use something like that, like, I'm going to choke you to death with barbed wire. Oh, yeah. It's rough. I think you get another shot of it. Yep, right there. Yeah, And it is. is. It's It's barbed barbed wire. wire. Yep. And that's it for Crazy Ralph. No more... Doomsday Messenger. No. So we fade to white and open up with Ginny laying in bed wearing, wearing Paul's, Paul's shirt. shirt. So so we know what happened between them. Something, a little probably, ha, ha, ha. something probably happened last night. Yeah, she murdered Paul. And then Paul wrote Paul, Beware of Bears now, on the mirror. Okay, so <laughs> this is something that I that I talk about. Uh in part one, there is a throwback to me watching it. 
um, there's a throwback to The Shining, where Alice is in the pantry, and Pamela busts through, and her face is there, mm-hmm. and it's very akin to The Shining. Yep. Um, and right there, with the bears, beware of bears, mm-hmm. written on the mirror in red lipstick, yep. is just like The Shining, with Danny writing in red lipstick, red rum. Yep. Yeah, it is. That's a, and there will be another throwback to The Shining. There is. Yep. In a, a little while. So here we are hiking through the woods. Nobody is wearing like hiking attire though. It oh looks no, like. no. Like we're in like they're wearing the, like gym clothes. I was gonna say it's a 1980s gym class right here. Sweatbands and like this bitch is in a ass cheeks is in a tube top <laughs> and booty shorts. Like <laughs> the only one that looks relatively close to hiking, I would say, is probably Ginny. Yeah, and even she's wearing gym even shorts. she's wearing the gym shorts. Yeah. With a whistle around her neck. She's totally She's a, the gym She teacher. is the gym teacher. So here's Muffin just wandering around in the woods. If you love your dog, you put it on a fucking leash. There, unless, you can, um, unless you can trust your dog. But go ahead. What were you going to say, Mike? Uh, throughout the series, there's a lot of disregard. There's those baggy pants and the dirty so, boots. So now, if that is Jason... Let's pause. Yeah. Let's pause. Because there's a little bit there's going on. There's a little bit going on. If, one, with the dogs... Throughout the series, there's a, a lot of disregard for dogs. Yes. Starting here, where you have Little Muffin. I mean, it would be a little more what acceptable. What is she, a Shih Tzu? Something like that. Yeah. If it were a larger dog that could take care of a itself. shepherd or, you know. Right. But you have this little defenseless dog wandering it's a lap dog. on yeah. its own in the woods with nobody watching it. And then... At, I, after you had just been given explicit instructions that there are bears in mm-hmm. these woods. And then later on, not in this movie, but a few movies down the road, that will only be topped by Tommy Jarvis's disregard for his own dog. <laughs> and some strange things that happen with that dog. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Part four is a very... Uh, so that's the, going to be a good one to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's there's going to be a lot of pausing in that because yep. there's a lot to talk about in there. So the dog is walking through the woods by itself. It wanders up to this stranger who we're going to assume is Jason. Uh, Jason is now wearing the baggiest of pants. Very baggy pants, which are different from the slim fit pants that he's wearing in the beginning. They also look like they belong to like a mechanic almost. Like he's wearing a jumpsuit or coveralls. And they're very dirty. Like, and not outside dirty. Like, they look like garage floor grease, oily dirty. Yeah. As well as the boots, too. The boots aren't covered in mud. Like, they're they're covered in like (laughs) not dirt in the traditional sense. But like, the only thing I could look at it like is, I, I was a butcher and that's what my boots looked like after four months, and that was blood being slopped on them every day and chemical cleaner and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I want to add to this, I don't know if Mike picked up. I, I like I, I like when scenes cut, and, and a lot of things will cut to, like, stock photo and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I spoke about it in part one where uh, they do the scene of the beaver, and then they go to a scene which is not highly sexual, but it has underlying sex in it, and obviously beaver being, uh, you know, a nickname Mm -hmm. for vagina. So in this, you have Muffin, which is a dog, that walks up to, we are assuming, is Jason, and then it cuts to hot hot dogs dogs (laughs) cooking on a grill. Which we've been told that Jason's been in the woods living off of animals. Correct. So So that kind of foreshadows the downfall of of Muffin 
So, and now uh, here we are at 33.49. Ginny's cutting wood with a chainsaw. <laughs> and she's doing a good job. She's doing it. Yeah, she's got her foot on the log. Yep. Now she's doing it in close proximity to everybody eating lunch. Yeah, yeah, just sending wood shavings everywhere. Yeah. She cuts one log off that 12-foot tree. <laughs> Puts the log in the fire. And then walks away with walks the chainsaw. Away. Also, t- Ted yells, come and get him. And the one joker there is just like, we're here. <laughs> you don't have to yell. We're <laughs> yeah. sitting right next to you. Now we have so, Ask Girl searching for Muffin. Yeah. Looking directly looking at the Looking directly at the camera. She's looking at me. Like She's looking Jason in the face. Yeah. So, in the sack. So in the one eye. <laughs> one eye. Not that one eye. His his one eye that he's seeing out of. That's, that's right. So she looks for Muffin. She's like, Muffin, Muffin. And then they're like, lunch. And she's like, oh, I'm coming. Like, fuck that dog. Fuck the dog. I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. <laughs> but she was she's concerned about Muffin now. But she wasn't concerned about Muffin when she was out in the fucking woods. Now, is this cabin a storage cabin? That's what I assumed. Because she goes in and seeming... Seemingly puts the chainsaw in the closet, almost. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, it almost looks to me like an like a, an enclosed porch with a closet. Yeah. Now this girl wants to go to Crystal Lake. Oh yeah. She wants to see Camp Blood, and Jeff doesn't want any part of it. He wants to sit here in his taxi driver hat. Yeah. And do nothing. Yeah. But obviously, the power of the pussy. Oh, he yeah. gives in because any girl that is willing to give you the time of day and you're a guy, you're like, okay, I'll do that. And on the beach there, we saw a handicapped guy and a girl who wants handicapped guy <laughs> kind of playing around. Playful banter. On the sand, yeah. which is kind of. He whips a t shirt into her face. Yeah. That's the play. So they're walking through the woods. Walking to Camp Blood. Um, now, there's a scene. Coming up, where okay, it's 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 in the next shot. So that's Taking it. Turns just, uh, diving. Yep. Off Take of the turn. Yep. Just playing. And goes a hundred miles an hour. A frog in a blender. Ha ha ha! Great job. That's awesome. What the fuck is he wearing on his head? It is like a, an African expedition hat, but it's like but it's silver. steel. Steel. It's like a tin hat. He's trying to keep the government from reading his mind. And also not get sunburned, because he is pastier than me, I think. <laughs> he like, is. And I am pasty. So we're so. still heading for Camp Blood. Which I don't... I guess they're just following the lake perimeter? To yeah, get there? I don't know I mean, how they would know where it is unless that's, they that's did all I can research think. Like, beforehand. Well, let's, you know, it's around here. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Again, like hiking a target. All right, so. There we go. We have. Jason, we're assuming. I, I'm assuming it's Jason. It could have been the cop, though. It's but possible. I, but I think the cop, uh, I think the cop's pants are a little bluer. Yeah. I don't think they're that dark. They're a little lighter. So there they get to the no trespassing sign, which is held up by barbed wire. <laughs> but Step the way that it. they, the way that they come up to where the, the legs are hiding, they walk towards it. And then the legs come out after they pass it. So you would have seen they him. They should have seen him if he was standing Correct. there. We have Jason I'm again. assuming it's Jason. Yeah, that's going to be Jason. He's got his again, baggy those, pants Again, those greasy, gr- like, they're greasy pants. Yeah. 
He's been changing oil. Easily. And stepping in it. And there's Muffin. Supposedly. Quote, unquote, Muffin. Yeah, we're made to believe at this point that it's Muffin. It looks just like Muffin. And it's a very fresh kill. Yeah. <laughs> He's Busted. so genuine. Now, how did they not see that cop car sitting there? With the lights on. With the lights on. Yeah. He and he's not exactly dressed like a police officer. He's dressed like ordinary Joe, yeah, who just got a badge out of the bubble machine at the grocery <laughs> store. He does not look like a cop. You know how many quarters I spent on this? Aside from the badge stuck on the side of his shirt, yeah, which says what? Sebast, Sebast, Sebaster, Sebastard. It's it's the police force that he's on in the town. Yeah. Sebastard police? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's very odd. He reminds me of my father-in-law looking at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I just picture that being my father-in-law. And my father-in-law was a cop. <laughs> He's retired now. <laughs> so Paul, Paul sends them out and the cop's mad that he didn't punish them. What I like is how he says at first, he's like, Paul, I really appreciate what you're trying to do here. And then he's like, you're not going to reprimand him? What kind of place is this? Right, he changes. He's so pissed all of a sudden. So fast. And Paul says, no seconds on dessert. That's That's the punishment. That's the punishment. And you get the feeling he does that just to piss the cop off. Correct. Like, ooh, yeah, let me punish him because you said. Yep. They're going to stroll right into the lake. That's it. They look like they're just, (laughs) that's it. It's just a suicide pact at that point. So here we have this great cop car. Oh, yeah. Coming down the road. <laughs> and we and see Sasquatch. A, b- a bumbling man. Now, if you look, let's pause the, this for a second. Everybody for, pause. First of You're all, at 3940. The car says state police. Yeah. So is he a state trooper? He's a state trooper, but his everything about his uniform says Sebastberg? What What was police? it? Police? Sebastard? Sebastard We couldn't really police? see what the whole badge said. Yeah. And it doesn't say, like, state trooper on him anywhere. Like, he looks like your typical town sheriff. Like, he probably carries a six-shooter. Yeah. Um, He's not wearing your typical state police-issued uniform. I would have to look at what the, the state police wore in... This is 19, supposed to be 1985, right. but it's obviously it was shot in 1980. So I'd have to look into that to see what the, the issue uniform is. But I highly doubt it is the brown shirt and the like blue jeans that he's wearing. Um, and also, I feel like the cop cars would have been a little more decaled at the time, especially in the 80s. <laughs> a lot of cop cars were two-toned. You had your white and blues, your white and blacks. Um, this this is like a, solid white. This looks like a Pontiac that someone it, dragged out of a junkyard. Yeah, and the Pontiac <laughs> emblem on the front has been painted over. Painted white. Yeah, because the Pontiac emblem, if everybody out there, anybody that's a car person, is red. It's uh-huh. the red up, like the red, whatever you want, it, the downward arrow or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's white. And state police looks like it has been stenciled on. <laughs> So he's about to open the door. Maybe we could catch a glimpse of what the side what of his... the side of the car yeah, says. So we, police. So <laughs> that's it. We, we press play and we press pause. And there's a giant emblem on his door that almost appears crooked at the top. <laughs> and it just says police. Police. It's a sticker that somebody stuck on there. Yep. And that's all it says. Police. Police. So 
Yeah, it's a, a definitely a discount cop car here. Yeah. So he just saw an individual run across the road, and now he's going to chase him through the woods. Meanwhile, the individual has done nothing wrong. No, he's just running. That's it. There's no no law against. Now he probably thinks it's one of the, another kid. Yeah, I guess. And if if this is tr- like no trespassing, then obviously he did do something wrong. I find it odd that he doesn't radio. You know, For oh, this is yeah. car fourteen. I've got you know uh, suspect on foot trespassing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go check it out. Let letting dispatch know where you are. Where you're going. Now, Jason's really hustling through the woods here. Jason has stamina like a motherfucker. He does. He's only got the one eye. That and, I, he's... And, I, and I have to say, like, people gave, uh, oh, God, who did the remake? Who who produced the remake? Michael Bay. Yeah. Um, People gave Michael Bay so much shit in the remake, like, ah, Jason was running. Jason doesn't run. Kiss my ass. In the first floor, Jason oh, yeah. huffs it. He runs. He is trying to kill people. He's just a guy. That's it. And not to mention, just like Michael Bay said, he lives out in the woods. He needs to be fast. He's trapping. He's hunting. Oh, yeah. Like, he's got to chase down deer. Yeah. And they're fast. Yeah. He's <laughs> he's he's a hunter. Now, you know, he he's a total outdoorsman. comes across this shack in the woods. Now, an interesting point. The sheriff's got two eyes that he's looking around with, and Jason's got the one eye. Did you know that a person with one eye can see more than a person with two eyes can see? Wait, really? Uh-huh. Because... The person with two eyes can only see Jason's one eye, but Jason's one eye can see the two eyes on you the other. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> you fucking had me, you idiot. I was like, oh, there's a science lesson here. This is neat. You dumb shit. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so this cop finds his dilapidated cabin, and we decide to check it out, because why the fuck not, you know? Oh, yeah, you don't find one of these every day. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, in the cop's defense, this is the shit that I do. I live out in the woods. We live in the mountains of Pennsylvania, um, up in the Poconos. And if I find weird shit in the woods, you bet your ass I'm going inside. I want to see what's up. Yeah. Because that's we've, what you do when you live before. in the woods in Pennsylvania. <laughs> There's a toilet. Toilet. That's a throw to kill by kill. Thank you very much. Mm. Uh, it's a great podcast. You should really check them out. Anybody that's listening, they didn't pay me to say it. It's just that fucking good. So... So a piece of the the house falls down. <laughs> yes, the house. Mm-hmm. The house that Jason built. The makeshift built. house that Jason built. Yes, the hut. Jason should have went into carpentry, for fuck's sake. I would love to know where he got all of these things from. Then we can compare the sheriff's feet to Jason's yes. feet. <laughs> yep. I'm sheriff just as dirty as Jason is. And that kill, oh my god, a claw hammer to the fucking head. That is absolutely incredible. The force that you have to generate to, that, uh, to sink it in. That kill. You want to pause? Yeah, just yeah, let's for pause. a second. Let's pause. 42.54. So that, that kill is uh, reminiscent. And I, I don't know if it came before or after. Uh, our wives are looking at us through the window. They are. And they're, they're trying to do the Austin Powers, like... Uh, elevator and staircase joke. Yeah. But it's not working. It's, <laughs> it's not, not working, working for, them. for them at all. No. But uh, <laughs> anyway, Mike, go ahead. If we jump series for a little bit, uh Halloween 2, the uh 
security guard at the hospital who doesn't look completely unsimilar from this police officer. He, oh, it's a generic policeman. I said it looks oh, like yeah. it looks like my father-in-law, and he was a policeman. He's investigating <laughs> a potential break-in at the hospital storeroom, and he's looking around, and he opens a door and sees something, and just as he opens that door, Michael Myers sinks a claw end of a hammer into the back really? of his head. Yep. Now, just like this. When you know more about the Halloween series than oh, I do, God, I, I, I'm a Friday guy. Halloween 2. When was that? Halloween 1 was 78. Halloween 1 was 78. So did Halloween 2 did predate not, Friday 2? We would have to look it up. Hmm. Halloween the, 2 was early 80s. And so this was 81. This I, released 81. Yeah, so. I don't know which one came first. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay, so yeah. we'll have to uh, we'll have to do some research on that. We'll definitely get back to you guys on that one. Yeah, know, if uh, in the comments or or whatever, I'll let Mike actually run this and I'll check the date on that. All right. So Paul says tomorrow we're going to get serious. To- tomorrow we'll get serious. But Paul had to be a fucking asshole to to Ginny for showing up late. Also, mind you, Paul is wearing a sweater, long pants, and a long sleeve shirt over the sweater. This is the fucking summer. The girl, ass cheeks, is wearing a tube top with nipples that could cut glass. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, uh, Scott. Scott is going to stick around because yep. ass and nipples is sticking around. Yeah. We have one Asian girl who must go to the bar and not come yep. back because we never see her again. And then we've got Crips and Attractive Crips. <laughs> Professor Xavier, who doesn't want to go because he says, nothing spoils the fun like a drunk in a wheelchair. And honestly, honestly, I feel that that would make a, any party better. If I had a friend in a wheelchair that liked to get trashed, oh my God. Yeah. But the way everyone is dressed is, it doesn't look like it is fucking summer. Not one bit. Now also, this place looked like a Burger King. However, they only leave in two cars because everybody has to pile in the back of a pickup truck. Everybody gets in the back of the pickup truck, which leaves, what, one car behind? I think. The yellow car? That's the only other car we ever see. 1981. Ladies and gentlemen, Halloween 2 came out the same year as this. So it is literally just a coincidence that both of them have that scene. That scene with the officer being killed by the claw hammer. After opening a door and seeing something that surprises him. That must have been like a cultural... Yeah. Thing. Yep. There we have Sackhead, Jason, walking around the outside of the lodge. I don't know how he assumed that he was so close to the deck, you could tell by the size of his shadow, he's only like eight feet away from the deck. Yep. So he's so close that you could see him, but he's like, yeah, fuck that. I really don't care. Mm-hmm. There we have the full moon. Yep, and a nice long shot. Now, I'm going to check this out. Oh, but it's not necessarily... It, does it say it's Friday the 13th here? It doesn't, does they it? They don't say that it's Friday the 13th. They don't give 13th. you a date. Okay. So I can't even date stamp that. So now we have ass walking around, still looking for Muffin. Yeah. No. Does she say Muffin? Yeah, she does. Oh, yeah, once, right? Yep. Here it comes. She hears something in the woods, and she's like, oh, maybe it's Muffin. The car's here. There's a fucking Corvette right there. That's fucking sweet. There's the Jeep. Two Steve Jeeps. Christie's here. Of course he is. He's, He's on lunch. lunch. <laughs> Couple Jeeps. And it says on the top, it says that this is a casino. I'm assuming it's also a bar. Mm-hmm. Um, in New Jersey. 
Casino bar in New, <laughs> in Jersey. New Jersey. So. So now we're back to the lake where Ass was just looking for muffin. She says, well, dog didn't answer. Time to I'm get to go naked. skinny dipping. That's it. <laughs> so she's still not very concerned about her dog, even no. though it's dark out. And the dog has not returned. Which, as a dog owner, if my dog had been gone in the wilderness all day and it was dark out and hadn't come back yet, I would be panicking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Especially out in the middle of the woods. Her, she just walks into the lake. Her hair is already soaking wet. She's already gone under, yet she's now wading into the water. Yep. So you could tell that it was done in multiple shots. Oh, yeah. Like, ah, we need a shot of you wading in just to make it more believable. We cut to so, the deer head. <laughs> again, and it's foreshadowing. So there's a woman who's skinny dipping at Camp Crystal Lake, and now we cut to a severed head. Yeah. That's been mounted. Yeah. Um, I believe, I believe her body is in Jason's shed. It is. Yep. It is. So you went from a tro- you went from a someone who becomes a trophy kill to foreshadowing of a trophy kill. Mm-hmm. It's cool. So now we have wheelchair. Yep. He's gonna. Oh, what a whore! She only wants his fingers. Yep. So they can play video games. Of course. It's okay, with Ted. it's okay with you Ted. You didn't ask. He left. He's gone. She she is definitely a uh, she's I don't know like she's very flirtatious. She I feel like she's the one that leads everyone on in school. What are we playing for? Position. Position. And he's like, yeah. He's like, all right. <laughs> this is so Jaws. So Jaws. Oh yeah, we have the Jaws scene. Oh yeah. Yep. And somebody takes her clothes. It's probably besides not her Jason. hair clip, and there's some purple item there. I think it's like a birth control container. Yeah, could have been. That's all I can. That's all I could think. We almost got the Jaws music here. Boom, boom. We can put it in for you, folks. Oh, we don't have to put it in. It's in there. Son of a bitch! Dum, dum. I never caught that. I didn't either until just now. You catch a lot more listening to it. In headphones. Through headphones. Yeah, it's cool. Again, she's so unfazed by the fact that this dude took her clothing and left her out in the wo- outside naked. Yeah. Uh, and she's just like, oh, you jerk. I'm, g- I'm going to beat you up. <laughs> Give me my shirt, Scott. Yeah, like... Wait till I get my hands on you, Scott. That's what Scott wants. Yeah. <laughs> but she... Scott oh. is also wearing, like, snow boots. Yeah, he is. If you catch a quick glimpse, it's it's like those rubber-bound snow boots. Like the firefighter boots, yeah. almost. Yeah. <laughs> so now Scott's hanging upside down in a trap, which we never really are told whether it's Paul's trap. Correct, and... And they say, like, oh, Paul and his bears or something? Something, yeah. I can't remember what the line is. But they blame it on Paul. Yeah. So. She has to go get something to cut him down. Yeah. Which, 
I'm not entirely sure how a snare like that works, but I think usually you just pull and the person or the thing hanging comes down. I know that you don't cut because then that ruins counterweight. Yeah, that ruins your trap. So, uh, so all you have to is, do. Uh, go ahead. I learned this from Lake Placid when the sheriff gets strung up in the snare from the 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 crocodile hunter mm-hmm. who shows up and he says it's based on a counterweight. Just pull him and he'll come down. And I doubt this snare is any different. Right. Shout and honestly, even classic. if you wanted to, like, you could, like, you follow the rope. It's going to lead to whatever is holding him up. To something, yeah. You know? And it's obviously going to be at ground level because the person who set it up tied it. Yeah. Unless they climbed a tree. Correct. Oh. Back of the machete. Back of the machete. Yep. Is going to cut him open. So we were talking about this, that... Jason uses the back end of items very often. Oh, go ahead. another safari hat hanging up there just yeah, to point it out. Except this one's not made out of chrome. So many just odd assortments of things yep. in these cabins. But Jason uses the back end of a hammer. Jason uses the back end of the machete there to slit someone's throat. And not, spoiler alert, to a movie that was released in 1981... Um, he uses the back end of the machete to bludgeon his way through uh, through the handicapped kid's face. Mm-hmm. Also, when she runs up, obviously, Scott's throat's been slit. Yep. Um, and uh, there's b- visible blood on the arms of his shirt where he is bled out. And also, if you slit someone's throat hanging upside down, they're going to bleed out on the floor. Oh, yeah. So we're going to hit pause for a second. Here. 5137. Um, but yeah, she doesn't notice any of the blood on the ground that should be there, as well as the blood on his arms. So we cut back to um, to the casino bar in New Jersey. Now, certain things that I picked up on, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, that's a cl- is that not a, is it a classical guitar? Or just a 12-string acoustic? No, that's a 12-string acoustic. Okay. Mike is a musician, as we have pointed out in part one, where he's able to tell you some really cool stuff. Are they actually playing? I don't... It's hard for me to tell on the drummer. Um, I'm a drummer, so that's how I can tell on that. But it's hard for me to catch a clear glimpse of him playing. It's it's hard to say. So Um, let's let's play for a little bit here. Yeah. So we're 5137, folks. Yeah. That's... There's a lot of heads in the way. Yeah. Now, again, this is a casino bar in New Jersey, and look at all of the fucking cowboys. Just in the last eight seconds, there's four cowboy hats. And I don't see any casino whatsoever. Like, there's no casino. I don't see a craps table, roulette, anything. Unless you're talking about if those machines back there are somewhat of a... Of a gambling? Maybe. <laughs> it's hard to tell what those are. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't An awkward that. conversation. No, that's a it's a kiss pinball machine. Kiss pinball in the back. machine in the background. So, like, the, I I'm yet to see any casino. It's a very awkward looking band. As well, oh, they're yeah. playing like blues music, but they look like they're country westerners. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> so 
So now so, they're talking about Jason again. Yeah, so we're going to wait on, on this. We're, we're going to let it play. I just want to hear what Ginny says. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. I think we get a reference to aliens there, maybe. What's that? Um, hang on, pause that for a second. Okay. She ha- she says a line there that I want to talk about, but she says, a child trapped in a man's body, and Ted goes, oh, oh, like he's acting like something's bursting out of his right. chest. When which, did aliens come out? Does it predate? 70s, I think. Really? The Alien origi- 1 was in the 70s? Aliens? Really? I think so. Oh, I'm not positive out. on that. But I thought the original Aliens was in the 70s. Um, let's see. Aliens movie. So, uh, let's see. The original Alien was 1979. I didn't know it was okay. that old. Wow. Boy, i got to brush up on my... That's more sci-fi, not horror. Yeah. Sorry, anybody that wants to consider that horror. I guess it's, <laughs> I don't know, sci-fi it's kind of horror. On the, on the border. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a forward slash... You know? Now, she's she's using her extensive knowledge of child psychology, which they mention earlier in the film. Correct. So she has a degree in some form of psychology. Even if you do child psychology, you still have your basic understanding mm-hmm. of psychology. Oh, yeah. You have to take all the psychology. Correct. But she majors, obviously, in child psychology, which is pretty important to this scene. Mm-hmm. And she's talking to Paul, who is a professional camp counselor trainer something (laughs) and his friend ted who drinks too much and i don't even know what ted actually does for a living pals around with the local mechanic (laughs) the local tow truck so we're gonna we're gonna continue playing we're at 53 14 she says a comment right here though she's right in the middle of saying it she says his the only person he ever knew was was his his mother. mother and then she says he never went to school my question is how does she know so much about jason so, let's let's finish this scene and we'll we'll have a little bit of a discussion on it. So 5314. No friends. She was everything to him. Yeah, and they laugh. We're still listening to Ginny's monologue. (laughs) Bizarre. (laughs) They look at each other. They think she's nuts. (laughs) I think you're drunk. drunk. So... So she has a monologue. She has a major in child psychology. Um, and she talks about, from a doctor's viewpoint, I'm assuming, like, oh, I, I know these things. This is, this is what I was taught. How Jason would possibly feel. Um, she brings up a great point when he, she says he must have seen his mother die. He probably didn't even know what death was until that night. Um, when my father passed away, I had a stepdaughter at the time and we took Jasmine, who was very young, 
to the wake so she could say goodbye to her Papa Joe. And uh, at the wake, she she says, hi, Papa Joe, and she waves to him. And she looked at me, and we told her that Papa Joe had died. She, she wasn't grasping it. She didn't understand it. And she looked at me, and she started to get really, really upset. And she said, Mike, how come Papa Joe's not saying hello to me? And I had to explain to her what death was. She was a child. She didn't understand it. And at that moment, I could see in her eyes that she got it. Like, oh, okay. So I asked her if she wanted to say anything, and she said, goodbye, Papa Joe. I love you. And she gave him this teddy bear that she was holding on to. She put it in the casket with him. And so, like, when Ginny says that, I'm assuming that this part of the movie was written with the, the, the knowledge that a, a child psychologist would have. And throughout all of this, she makes really, really valid points. And her stupid friends, she say, what do you think? And they say, I think you're drunk. And completely dismiss even the slightest conversation that she might have anything correct. And it's just really, really shitty. And you can see it in Ginny's face afterwards. We're paused at 5410. And if you're paused at 5410, you can see it in Ginny's face. Just so defeated by that one fucking sentence. Like, you don't give a fuck what I say. And I'm sure everyone's been in that position where you have very strong feelings on something. And somebody says basically, so what? And it's it's defeating. But go ahead, Mike. What what were you going to say about uh, her her comment that he? I'm never full went to on school. board. I'm full on board with Jenny on this. I'll defend her to the death mm-hmm. in this scene. When she said he never had any friends and he never went to school, is that public knowledge? Has she researched Jason? The only thing I could think is if she did research what happened at the camp because she knows that he he must have watched his mother get beheaded. So then. Obviously, I'm sure it was public knowledge as to what happened. Like, we can find out what happened with shooters and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, in 2019, it may have been a little harder here, and she may have had to do some microfiche at the, uh, like, at the library or whatever, newspaper articles, so on and so forth. But I feel that she would have been able to find out Pamela Voorhees murdered all these people. And I'm sure once you have that information, if you go down the rabbit hole, she would have been able to find out... You know, Jason Voorhees was born here, and it's like, okay, like, if she really did extensive research, yearbooks, uh, school articles, any anything like that, mm-hmm. you know, or the fact of, I don't know how schools were back in, what is it, Jason was born in 19, was it 46? He's 10 and 50, is it 56 or 58 that the murders happened? 56, he drowned, yeah, supposedly. So, so 56, he's 10 years old. So he was born in 1946, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what schools were like in the late 40s, early 50s. If my father was alive, I could ask him. But uh, I don't know how, oh, yeah. You could send your deformed, retarded son to public school. Like, no, he needs special schooling. He has to go here or he has to go there. Mm -hmm. Back then, 
it wasn't as widely accepted as it is now. It wasn't just like, oh, yeah, come to the school. We have, we've got a separate learning area for them and classmates just like them. It's like, oh, no, we're not equipped to handle your son's special needs. He needs to go to an institution. Like, that's just how you handled stuff like that. You just mm-hmm. shipped them off. So if Pamela didn't want to just ship him off to an institution because that's her boy, Pamela taught him anything that she could. So that's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. In Jenny's, she's got that childhood uh, psychology backstory, you know. So, anyway, uh, let's let's hit play here. Uh oh, don't start us over. <clears throat> so we're gonna hit play, and we're gonna have to jump ahead. I believe, because my uh, my Hulu reset during that... Con- oh, no. Oh, there we go. Great. Perfect. So hit us again, sweetheart. And Jenny doesn't want to drink anymore. Yeah. She says 54.12 for everybody out there. I apologize for the length. So she's going to try again. <laughs> and he shoots her down immediately. Doesn't Jason's even let legend. her have a conversation. Jason's a legend, Jenny. A legend. Done. Utterly defeated. Like, man. So anyway. <laughs> We're back to Pakanak. Yeah. What this is this guy's name? I can't even remember his name. I don't know his name. Paul says it in the beginning. It's just a sex romp at this point. Yeah, everybody back at the lodge are just getting it on. Yep. Getting hot and heavy downstairs. Now, these two oh, are going to oh, go upstairs. He, he almost lost his cabbie hat. He needs that to he go needs bang. It. He can't do anything without it. Nope. He's ready to go back in and talk to them. But yeah, she's like, she's nope. like, no, I want to have sex. Upstairs. Like, oh, right. She calls the shots without a doubt. She made him go to the camp, and she's telling him what's happening right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, that power of the pussy. Mark. Mark. Here we go. So he was paralyzed in a motorcycle accident. Yes. But he is going to beat it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She doesn't even care. She's like, oh, your legs don't work. I think Uh, the only reason that she asked that was to get to the point to see if his cock works. Yeah. (laughs) Want to toke? I'm in training, remember? He's like, yeah, what am I in training? His look is like... What am I doing here? Well, yeah. What is this place? Yeah. Now, what's this guy's name? You know it. I don't know this guy's I name. I thought you did. I call him uh, Spear Guy oh. in here because he gets speared. Oh, okay. So Cabby Spear hat. Guy and Spear Girl. Cabby Hat is is using a harmonica. So I made a note about this. Who the fuck owns a harmonica that doesn't know how to play a harmonica? <laughs> and I guarantee you he owns it because then my other question is, if he doesn't own it, who the fuck finds a harmonica in a random cabin and puts their fucking mouth on it? Yeah. I'd be like, ew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, they're upstairs in the lodge. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's their room or... Now, she's still beating around the fucking bush yeah. here. There she what's, goes. What's the winner get? What's the winner want? He has some massive yes. chest hair. It is climbing all the way up oh, his neck. It is, yeah. That's, it's almost up to his Adam's apple. That's throat hair at this point. 
Apparently, Mark is also a werewolf. A werewolf. So she better watch out because it's a full moon. <laughs> He's changing by the second. Said, We're going to jump into American Werewolf in London shortly. <laughs> Great movie. <laughs> Still, probably the best changeling scene I have ever seen. Absolutely. I, I love it. Yep. I love practical effects. Yep. Uh, Landis, I believe, was the director. John Landis for American for Werewolf American Werewolf. London. Correct yeah. us if we're wrong, please. Terry, you turkey. <laughs> so Terry, I think is Terry, ass girl. Not, what ass girl is Terry? Terry? I think. Okay. All right. So she's getting ready to have sex with wheels. So she's got on like a, a brownish <laughs> bra, satin bra, and she's got black. Panties on, and she puts this hideous sweater on. Oh yeah, over she top wants to it. have sex, so she like, you're supposed she brings to be on the best Bill Cosby she can, putting on and less pulls clothes. up the ugliest pair of underwear I have ever seen. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so right now she's wearing mismatched bra and panty, which my yeah, wife said is that's a big a no-no. no-no. Yeah, that's okay. See, both of our wives say you don't do that. Then she puts on the panties that match the bra that she was already wearing, and we'll get a. We've got this shot. I'm assuming it's Jason. So here's a puff of perfume on her wrist. There's two, three, three. one on her finger over behind this ear, four, five. Now we'll spray our tits, six. Yeah, and sure. you know what? He's probably going to want something to eat, so we'll spray again, seven. Seven puffs of fucking perfume. Now, if a girl climbed on top of me and I smelled that, I'd be like, He'd <laughs> be choking. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit of perfume's nice. I don't want to taste it. Especially when she puts it on her neck. She puts so much on that it's wet. Yeah, it's dripping. Also, these underwear that she, I'm assuming, claims are so sexy are the baggiest fucking thing ever. I think the only thing I've seen that's baggier are MC Hammer's fucking pants. Hideous. Hideous underwear. They're so baggy. She goes outside and it's windy and they are literally flapping in the fucking wind like, like a, a like goddamn a on the roof of a shed. <laughs> <laughs> there we've got the car, the yellow two-seat car. Yeah, those three cars really make it look like a Burger King. Yeah. So you can see, look at all of look at all the extra goddamn fabric in her fucking underwear. I mean, you I, could fit another human being in those. I wasn't born when this movie came out. No, maybe no. that was attractive. Then. Maybe. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Now, what was she searching the car for? Uh, the hairbrush. A hairbrush. Yeah. That is a very <laughs> sudden storm. Oh yeah. <laughs> Lightning crack, and here comes the rain. Like wow. And then massive lightning. You can usually hear a storm coming at a distance. Yeah. Not at Packenack. It's there. Yeah. Boom. That's where storms start. That's when we hear the them in the distance. They storm. have started at, at Crystal Lake. Now Mark's all Mark's horny. On. He's like, "Oh, is that He's you?" He's wheeling around. He's so impatient. He's like, "Is that you?" Because I can't get upstairs alone. <laughs> I'm gonna wheel out onto the porch here. They say prior. They say your cabin or mine. And Mark says, "Well, so and so's upstairs. So this one's taken." She says, "Well, we've got the whole camp. We could find it." It's nighttime. He's in a wheelchair. There's no path. It's all rock and stone and dirt. Like, where are you wheeling this poor man to? I'm I'm trying to figure out how he got into Packenack Lodge. Up the steps. In his chair? 
No, I'm saying that's you're talking up the stairs. Like, somebody had to carry him. Oh, fuck. Such a shot. Uh, there's the machete in the face going backwards down the stairs in the wheelchair. Oh, yeah. I would love to know. I guess they super weighted the front of that. Because I work with wheelchairs all the time. To keep it from and flipping like, over. I can flip a wheelchair sitting in it. Like, I can flip myself backwards in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Like, they roll back so easily that there are things called anti tippers that we install on the back of wheelchairs to prevent that from happening. Mm -hmm. um, so I find it in in very in incredible that he can roll down multiple flights of stairs and not fall. Without flipping over. And that was another instance of Jason using the back end of something to bludgeon somebody. And again, we get it. Maybe it's just a thing in this movie. Maybe it's something that they put in to see if anyone could catch. He does it with the kitchen knife upstairs. Mm -hmm. He's going to take the spear. This is the only thing that he uses correctly. <laughs> he's like, he's, this pointy end goes through their doughy stuff. <laughs> and we find out later, he's really not that good with the spear. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> If you're if you're laying down in the middle of coital, then he's he's a dead eye. <laughs> but any any slight movement, you could throw this big retard off. Oh yeah, he may be big, he may be scary, but boy, he's dumb. <laughs> he's dumb. That's for all you wrestling fans. 1990 Survivor Series Undertaker debut. <laughs> She gives such little warning. That oh that's yeah, she happen. just gasps. She doesn't say like move. She doesn't get off. Throw me. him off. She just up. Oh. There's another cowboy. So we've got a couple making out at the counter. Got some trucker looking folk here. Some very odd looking people. Oh yeah. More cowboys. Another cowboy back there. There's another cowboy. So that's what I'm saying. Like the the this is a casino bar in New Jersey, and like it, there's there's so many cowboys. If I didn't know any better, I, it's a fucking roadhouse. Like Patrick Swayze's gonna start beating people's asses. He is. He's gonna run right in there. All right. So they're Paul and Ginny are heading home. Uh, Ted. I guess is going to stay behind. Yeah, because he is, said, bring the truck. He's the best decision. He made the best decision there. Yeah, and he said, oh, no, because Paul says, let so-and-so bring the truck. Mm-hmm. Again, this, the, the, the people that frequent this bar, like, I live in a town where there's two bars, but, like, two towns over, there's, like, five bars. And there is a select people that go to those individual bars, mm -hmm. you know? Like, oh, this is where all of, like, the hip-hop people go, and, like, this is where all the young kids hang out, and this is where the rich people like to drink, and this is the scumbag bar. That's known as the Venture. <laughs> so she comes in looking for Mark, and her first thought is to check upstairs. Correct. Now, she left Mark alone, <laughs> minus the people that were having sex. So somehow Mark slithered his way up the steps like a fucking anaconda. So Sandra and Jeff are the two people who were having sex upstairs. I'm glad that we finally got their names. Finally, and she's she's looking for them. So Jason's whole play here, which I know everyone has picked this out, relies on her, her someone coming into this room. And you can see drops of blood on the sheet, and she's not nervous. Oh, yeah. 
So he's just waiting oh, for yeah. somebody to come in. Boom. And there he is. There he is. And he fucking cuts her. And she's like, motherfucker. Now you can see the BB gun holes in that guy's chest. Because Jason obviously post-mortem wants to mur- hurt people. And here yet again is Jason using the wrong end of a knife. Now, if you're going to stab someone, you put the blade down. Because your downward force, then the cut would, would help you cut your way through a Something. Think of it if you were trying to cut a sheet. You wouldn't turn the knife upside down and then slash down. You Jason obviously didn't watch Halloween when it came out. No, Jason just, I think he just likes, maybe he just doesn't understand. He doesn't get it yet. He doesn't get it. Or he's just like, eh, I could push this through them. Now, she had no no sense of self-preservation whatsoever. She didn't try to block the knife. She just lets it happen. She was at the door. She oh, yeah. stumbles away from Jason to the door of and doesn't the room leave. And doesn't leave. Just hunkers down at the door. Almost like part one with uh, the first two kills. Yeah. I forget what their names are. But here's Jason dragging her bloodied corpse down the steps. You look at all the blood on her fucking legs. Dragging down the goddamn stairs. So there should be blood Everywhere. all over those stairs. <laughs> up at the landing, up in the room. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. First, we'll do Paul's comment. Yeah, so Paul comes in, and he goes, what the hell are all the lights doing on? And we we did pause here. Yeah, we're, oh, sorry, pause at uh, an hour and 6.32. Paul comes in, and he says, he says, what the hell are all the lights doing on? You left people there. There are people home, as far as you know. You haven't discovered that there's anything bad going on yet. As far as you know, there you haven't even left the first room. You walked into the uh, living room, quote unquote living room, yeah, I guess, the sitting area room, whatever, of the house, common area, yeah. And you're like, why are the lights on? Maybe they're in the kitchen. Why Maybe would... they ran upstairs to get a blanket. Right. Maybe they're in the bathroom. Why wouldn't the lights be on? They're expecting all of you to come home at some point from Correct. the bar. So maybe out of courtesy, even if they went to bed, maybe they left the lights well, on. Yeah, we leave the lights on downstairs so you guys aren't wandering in in the dark in the there's... fucking middle of the woods. It's not like there's street lights. Right. There's two carfuls of people who are supposed to be coming back to this house. Right. So he's kind of shocked that all the lights are on. And then... Her comment of they, Paul, they they wouldn't leave you the can place. Take that comment. <laughs> they wouldn't leave the place like this. Now, Jenny, Jenny doesn't know these people. Jenny got here later than everyone else. And when I say later, I don't mean fifteen minutes. Paul says everyone else arrived hours ago. So Jenny has known these people for I don't know. Let's say six hours. Everyone got there at eight. Jenny got there at noon. They all left after dinner. To go to the bar. So we're looking at like 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. So Ginny has known these people for seven hours. She judges their character on saying they wouldn't leave the place like this. Even though two of the people that we left here were caught trespassing where they were explicitly told not to go. And brought back by the police. And yet, they were brought back by the police. We had to be spoken to by the state police. Quote, unquote, state. (laughs) That's what his car said. By the state Sloats Bastardburg police, whatever the The, fuck it was. The New Jersey police. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But she defends them. They wouldn't leave the place like this. How the fuck does she know the character of these people in six hours? Not to mention, if I passed 
judgment on somebody, which I do, especially if you wandered off into no trespassing and had to be brought back by the cops, I'd be like, God damn it, Jeff. <laughs> like, immediately I would be like, well, I mean, you did leave Jeff here alone. And how is she, how is she so certain that they're not there? Yeah, they wouldn't Again, leave the place like this. Maybe they didn't leave. You just walked into the main room. Walk around, go through the main room, pass the stairs yeah. into the next main room. Maybe they're in there. Or maybe they're on maybe the back, maybe the, on the covered porch. They're in the, on the porch. The maybe back covered porch. Like, oh, we're just hanging out, watching the rain and the lightning. And Maybe they're in one of the many rooms upstairs. Yeah. How do you know they're not here? How yeah. do you know they left the place? Correct. Or even if they, like, all went to somebody else's cabin to get something like oh i've got beer in my cabin okay well let's go get that cooler so they all went next door to get the like there's a lot of things here that really come on it's not you can't you can't go about it the way the movie does so yeah. we're gonna hit play it's 106 32 we're gonna try not to pause through this because there's a lot now she she walks up the steps but there's absolutely no blood. <laughs> Paul's only concern is the fact that there's weed. And that it's better than his. Yeah. <laughs> so they run into the room where there is a literal bloodbath. Pause. Uh. I, I can't do it. 10701. <laughs> Once again. She, she goes up the steps where there is no blood from the corpse that was just dragged down the steps five seconds before they entered the door. She screams for Paul. Paul runs upstairs, says, is this a joke? Ginny once again says, they wouldn't do something like this. <laughs> I'm not going to get into the big discussion again. Ginny has known these people for less than a day. Less than half a day. And like a quarter of a fucking day. Already one of them has jumped out of the woods, dressed as dressed as a psycho as, as Jason and not to mention you just saw the mask on the steps so maybe they were playing a joke on each other maybe yeah it's very possible he already played a joke once so now he really wants to fuck with them because they're alone and it's nighttime mhm mm so they're like oh yeah let's let's really do it let's throw some fake blood on yeah but she says nah they wouldn't do this play play 10703 The lights are out. Power got cut because of the, I'm assuming, the, the storm. Right, so the lights went out. <laughs> kitchen lights on. The kitchen lights on, so it must be the main fuse. Now, I don't know if anybody else out there has ever been through a thunderstorm in their life, which I'm sure everyone has. But when the power goes out, you don't also keep on a light unless you have a generator to it. The power goes out, the fucking power goes out. Yeah. Especially if it's the main fuse. If I kill the main fuse in my house, every fucking thing that I own goes out. All right. So now she notices Jason in this room. And she stays so calm. Paul, there's someone in this room. That's it. <laughs> there he is. Oh, and, and Jason tries to get him with the spear, yeah. but slips on something. And here's the tussle. And the cat fight ensues. Yep. In which she makes Ginny, no attempt to help Paul Yeah, at all. we're not going to save him. We're not going to try. She just keeps saying, Paul, 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 this four times. As she's making her way towards the door. She closes her eyes for a split second and everything stops. She's five feet away and she's still calling for Paul. 
answer me. And there's Jason. Oh, fuck Paul. We're out of here. Slam the door shut. So, yep. We slam the door. We're in the bathroom. If you play the game, this is the bathroom. <laughs> so we leave Paul out. Yeah, it's the bathroom. Yeah, there's the bathroom. So we leave Paul out in the uh, in the living quarter, like the whatever, the common area. area, with this sackhead guy. So the sackhead is going to go out the door onto the porch. Make a left. Make a left, and he's going to try and get her through the window. Ah, and there he is. There he is. So now she runs back into the common area where Paul is, but fuck Paul, fuck we Paul. round the corner and run into the kitchen! Not even going to think to check on Paul. We don't even say his name at that point. Nope. Go into the kitchen, slam the door shut. And lock it. Now we're going to lock it. Now, I had spoke about the Shining reference in part one. Yep, so... And I speak about the Shining reference with the lipstick on the mirror. And here it is. She goes for the window, much like... Wendy in the bathroom. Yep, but the window, when Wendy goes for it, won't open enough for her to get out. So she hunkers down next to the wall, With directly next to the door, and she puts the kitchen knife to her face for protection. And this is nearly a shot for shot. Right there. She holds it, looking at the door, and the knob is turning. As Jack is trying to get into the room, door won't open. And he breaks through. Yeah. Jack with an axe. Ralph. Ralph in the closet. <laughs> it's like a bad game of Clue. Yeah, it is. All right, so she's out the window, running. She gets to her car. Which, the most conveniently which, unreliable car in history. I find very interesting. Paul drove the car back. I don't ever remember seeing him give her the keys. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I just don't remember seeing it. But, uh... She has the keys in her pocket. I feel if I was running towards the car, I would be patting my pockets. Trying to get looking the keys like, where out. are the keys? Where are the keys? Yep. Oh. Jason decides to pull the elevator gag <laughs> coming up from the window instead of just head on running towards it. So instead of trying to break through the window, he instead goes through the roof. I'm going to get on the car and cut through the roof. Yes. And then instead of just cutting through the roof and climbing in, he just wants to unlock the door. <laughs> so she hits him with the door. And she gets out the passenger side. Yeah. Now, just like any smart person, immediately runs to the driver's side of the car for no fucking and reason. And past the front of the car. Yes. Now, I've said this multiple times. This next scene I really like because it seems realistic. You go to run and you're like, oh, fuck, he's going to think that I, he's going to chase me. So I'll hide off in the shrubs here. Very smart idea. Because anyone that's in hot pursuit is literally going to bolt after you. Yep. He's going to assume you just kept running. Yeah, because why wouldn't you? And bam. Bam. In the nuts. That's it. So we are, we have now been told that this is a man. Yeah. We <laughs> unlike, now know this is a man. Unlike part one. Part one, we were unsure until the end. But this, we know. Is a man with a bag on his head. Or it's a transvestite. It could be. We can't make any assumptions. It's 2019. Can't it's assume anything. The two-seater. Oh, it's locked. Shit, that's locked too. Can't take the two-seater. And we can't see the we can't see the license plate. It's hard to tell. It's most likely a jersey plate. I think so, because it's the blue. Yeah, and all the other plates we've seen so far have been blue jersey plates. So it's a it's a strong assumption. Yeah. 
So she's going to take off running again. Yeah. Now this is a, a, a lengthy, the way that this is shot. So it's a, a shot of Ginny running. Um, Jason somehow is in front of her. Way ahead miss of her. It. Way ahead of her. He knew she was going to be on that route. Maybe it's just the main one out. I don't know. So now Jason's running. And Ginny hides. Perfect. Yeah. Great. Now we look up at the moon. And back to Ginny running for her life. Gives us the uh, the impression that she's been running a very long time. Correct. And then I believe we go back to the moon. Yes. Yep. She's back still running. And then it goes back to Jason running. So to me, this is such a lengthy amount of time that you would be running. That makes me feel like it's been hours. She's which doesn't play any part in anything. Yes. Just... So she comes upon a cabin. Yep. And she's already inside. Well, we don't know she's inside. We don't know. Jason, Jason gets inside. Know. His pants are a lot less baggy, probably because the other actor is playing him at this point, and he's a solid six inches taller. <laughs> and he's wearing the same pants. So Jason's just kind of walking around. Very light-footed. Oh, yeah. Hunter-style. He's stalking. Those non-creaking floorboards of an old fucking cabin. Even that one that is visibly replaced. <laughs> it's like raised. Yeah. <laughs> so so this is this is Jason's bed. first killing spree. I'm assuming no one has nobody's gone up to the lake in those five years, I guess. No. Nobody. Right? Nobody. Not that work. Told of. Now there's just a lone, massive sewer rat in this fucking room. Here comes the large rat. I've stayed in cabins, and I've never seen a rat. Maybe a mouse. And she is so terrified of this rat that she pees herself. That she pees. She's not afraid of a man. Jason smells Jason the Jason smells the pee. Because he's a hunter. With his heightened sense of smell. Of course. Of course. He's so used to deer urine having to... Wear it to mask his scent. He must smell awful. So he climbs... A chair. A chair. That doesn't creak. Yet the chair is so rickety that it breaks, but it doesn't creak when Jason climbs it. (laughs) And here he goes. Oh, no. And his fucking pickaxe breaks. Or his pitchfork, sorry. He is a mess in this movie. He can't get anything to work for him. But this is his first time killing, so he's really trying to hone his skills. She's got the chainsaw, hits him in the arm, and it sparks. Jason is made of metal. And then WWE style breaks the chair breaks over the his chair back. On him. When she hits him with the chainsaw, he sparks. Now I'm only assuming it's because there's a protective metal guard on the actor's arm that's reacting with the blade. I'm assuming. I don't know. Um... But Jenny does not continue to just murder him with the chainsaw. If it was me and I was running for my life, like, holy shit, I just watched you kill my boyfriend friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and now you're after me, like, with a weapon? I, I would probably hack you up. Yeah, you've got him down. You've got the chainsaw. Yeah. Just finish Even it off. Even if I just broke the chair over him, I would have, and the chainsaw doesn't start, I would have just went and got the pitchfork and it stabbed him in the Stab neck or something. Him. Yeah. Finish the job. Yeah. Yep. But instead, she decides to run 
and in the most awkward direction. Into the woods. Into the woods. Instead of like, let me get on the main road where I drove in, and I'm going to run out, and eventually I will hit a town, or I will hit some form of civilization, another car, a house, something. She comes across this shed where she's convinced there's going to be somebody that'll help her. Correct. Because that looks like a very welcoming shed. Absolutely. Of course. The only thing that would live in that shed is a woman who cooks children. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) You know, you're going to see the corpse of Hansel and Gretel. So now she's realized she came into the wrong shed. Yep. And you've got Mama's head. Mama's head. Mama's you've got the head. Dead cop. You've got Paul's sweater. Paul's sweater. The dead cop. The dead ass girl. And Alice. If and you look, Alice's there's, rotten body. Yeah, there's a corpse, like a decaying corpse there. And if you freeze frame it, uh, when Ginny first runs in, you can see that there is an ice pick sticking out of the right side of the corpse's head. And we're led to believe that that is the corpse of Alice Hardy. Yep. So now we're going to put the sweater on. Luckily, it fits. Yeah. Thank God Pam was not tiny or very large. (laughs) And we have to change our hair to look like her hair. Close enough. Good enough. Good enough. I don't really have that much time. Makeup class is over. Give me the machete. And child psychology right here. Yeah. And now a lot of people be like, how would she know this is going to work? My thought process on it is, what the fuck does she have to lose? She is cornered in a shack full of corpses with a man swinging a pitch a pickaxe. She's covered in piss. Yes. She can't. She's got nothing. Yeah. This is a last resort. You know, like, well, fuck. At least I can say I tried. Yep. It's more than anybody else has done thus yeah. far. Yep. This is supposed to be summer, and you can see her breath. It's so cold. Mm-hmm. When she talks, it's that cold you can see her fucking breath. Jason's not sure what's going on. He's con- You right can see now. in his eye he's confused. His, his eye tells it all. He's just like, what the fuck is going on? Because <laughs> he thought his mom was dead. And Jason doesn't blink either. Ear. He doesn't have the ability to blink. He's, he's got no eyelid. <laughs> His eyelid fell off in the water. He's lidless. (laughs) Yeah, very, uh, very just... Eyelid is taped. Open, open eye. I wonder if that was on purpose or accident. Eye wide open. Like, he just doesn't blink. He's focused. And he's like, wait a minute, you're not my mom. You're not mom, mom's over there. Fight to the death! I'll cut your leg open now, just... And Paul to the rescue. Paul shows up. He knew how to get there. He followed the smell of the piss. Of course, Paul is also a tracker. He's a he's a professional camp counselor, damn it. He, he is. Follow the piss, damn it. <laughs> We're wrestling fans, so. <laughs> That's what Vince McMahon would have told him. Yeah. Oh, the piss. It's great. Good shit. <laughs> so now we get another cat fight between Paul and Jason. And again, Ginny's like, well... Well, fuck, I didn't help him last time, and he didn't do anything. I better do something now. Paul, we see that Paul and Jason, neither of them are great at fighting. No. It's a very uh, Pamela Voorhees-Alice Hardy fight at this point. It is. (laughs) We're just jockeying for position. Yeah. (laughs) And Jenny takes the swing. Just as Jason's bringing up the pick. And that's it. And he's like, oh. Not a great sound. No, it's more like he, she hit a pillow. That's what I was going to say. It was like hitting a pillow with a baseball bat. Correct. It's more of a 
thud than a a, a, than a slice. slice uh, you know. Yeah. I feel like just hitting a pile of chicken meat would have been better. Would have, yeah. <laughs> you would have at least gotten the slap or something. Something that sounds like flesh. Yeah. So I'd like to, uh, I'd like to ask where the fuck Paul has been. Like, if all this running time, I mean, he was trying to find them, perhaps? Maybe he was trying to figure out where they went. Maybe he's trying to figure out if he really wanted to save Ginny. Maybe he was trying to figure out why she didn't help him. <laughs> he's just really contemplating life all over. So we pull the sack off of Jason's head. And we look on in disgust. And then we leave. And then that's it. Now, uh, I have said this, like, they look on, like, just so mortified by this creature and i mean everyone's seen this fucking movie and everyone's seen the reveal and jason doesn't look that bad i mean he's bad but i I don't know maybe it's just like the time but people are like look at that i don't i i don't know yeah he's not he's they're not very tactful but i guess in that sense like fuck this mutant retard like he just tried killing us so yeah you're an ugly piece of shit you lumpy piece of fuck it's not like they pulled off part seven's mask correct correct (laughs) or eight or Or nine or really anybody after this it's not like they pulled off part eight's mask and he vomited all over them. yes and then turned into a child and then we'll get there into a child <laughs> we'll get there folks i have a theory about that that involves creighton duke oh i'm so, so we'll, eager to get to part eight now we'll talk about that at some point oh that's great <laughs> oh i love that i love i love jason theory jason lore it's so <laughs> it's it's refreshing it is So we're, Paul is consoling her. They hear a loud bang at the door, almost the uh, the opening of, like, a screen door. They Yeah, it sounds like the door itself has opened. Yeah, it's, it's loud. It's very audible. Like, we hear it. So they assume the worst, which I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. Paul picks up Paul, the worst weapon, the the broken handle. Yeah. Of Meanwhile, the there's like there are there's something in the corner. Correct. Over I don't know if they're brooms, but I think even like a broom handle, a swift whack of a, a broom much, handle in a face, a much better weapon than that broken handle. Correct. Think of the proximity. You have to be so close to hit with that fucking eighteen inch broken handle. It's bad. So. Those are dogs. So, Paul opens up the door here, and that loud noise was Muffin. Was Muffin, who's been alive the whole time. Now, I feel if if it was Muffin that really made that noise, don't you think it would have been like a scratch? Just a pawing at the door? Yeah. I'm. That's what I would think. So she's very happy to see Muffin, even Every, if it's not her dog. Yeah, oh yeah, everyone's happy to see Muffin. Even Jason's happy Jason, to see Muffin. He's Jason's so happy, so he's so like, happy. let me see the dog! <laughs> I want to pet the dog! He hasn't even removed the machete from his chest. He likes it there. It's it's part of him now. Now again, he's not that bad. I mean, he's bad, but he's not that bad. It depends he's, what side you're looking at I him guess, from. He's kind of like Harvey Dent at this point. Yeah, he's got a two-face-ish to him. So I'm assuming he pulls her out of the window, it seems. We get this bright flash. And then we don't know what happened. 
And Jenny asks our question. Where's, Where's Paul? Paul? Um, because Paul is never seen again. Now, I had made the argument. Is Roy? <laughs> <laughs> He's been here the whole time. Which pulls into He's my still argument. still there. <laughs> um, Paul, if they would have recast for A New Beginning, Paul would have made a great Jason. It To me, it would have made more sense than Roy. Granted, like, Roy's kid gets killed, so now Roy goes on a killing spree dressed like Jason. I think it's even better if Paul ended up becoming a fucking psycho and lost his shit, and he was also at the asylum Mm -hmm. with Tommy because Paul is, quote-unquote, a survivor, I guess you could say. That ends the movie. That's the end of part two. Um but I think that that would have been really good to have Paul as uh, oh, as absolutely. Roy, not Roy, but you know he would have been uh, the, the killer. part of the killer. Yeah, yep. definitely. I think that would have been great. Um, so yeah, guys, if there's uh, if there's anything that you have to say, you know, re- reach out to us on. Uh, we're gonna have a Facebook and a YouTube and and all that good shit, and we'll put all that information up for you guys. To yep. Check if you us haven't out. listened to part one. Yes. Listen to part one. Listen to part one. And, it's uh, just as ridiculous. And uh, our buddy Ryan's in there. Um, he's never seen part one. So that's definitely interesting to get somebody's viewpoint who has never once seen the fucking movie. And they just get to talk about it in the sense of watching it for the first time. It's cool. So uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. We appreciate it. Hello, Ryan. Oh. No, I didn't know you guys were talking about gay gay stuff. <laughs>